This is Michael Zuber, and I just wanted to thank you for listening to my One Rental at a Time podcast. Did you know that I took the time to document the entire process I used to learn my market and actually still use today? I released it as a $199 online course via Teachable, and it is called How to Get Started One Rental at a Time. With that, you get access to my private Facebook group and can join our group mentoring calls every Saturday at 9 a.m. Pacific. You can find it on my website at onerentalatatime.com. Now on with the show. Good morning, everyone. How are you doing today? Michael Zuber, author of One Rental at a Time. And yes, this is your daily financial news. This is a new show that you can count on seven days a week. Uh, we have been doing it more than two years in a row. If you are a daily viewer, thank you very much. We typically get more than 2,000 views a day, and I want to thank each and every one of you. If you are a new viewer, realize that I am a real estate investor. I've been doing it for 20 years. I focus on the consumer, cost of capital, and what is going on in the real estate space. I do my best to stay in the middle of the road, try to figure what's going on, because yes, I'm still trying to grow my portfolio. I'm helping thousands of students around the world do the same. So I take a look at what's going on. I take a bunch of notes. We talk about it for 10 to 12 minutes. So good morning, good morning, good morning. Thank you for the support. Thank you for the thumbs up, questions, comments, uh, subscriptions, all of that stuff. Let's have some fun. So a couple of things happened today that we were waiting for. These were kind of like the important numbers of the week. Uh, they were PPI and retail sales. And um, let's say both disappointed. First, you have PPI, producer price index. It uh, followed CPI, which is consumer price index from last week, and reported a hot number. It came in at 6.6% for the month, and it was uh, higher than expected. Uh, if you were to go in and kind of slice and dice the number in X autos and X autos and gas and all of these things, it's still a very hot number. Uh, kind of what we expected, but frankly, worse than expected. It is one of those numbers that you know Jerome Powell and the Fed are going to be asked about. We now have two months in a row of CPI running hot and two months in a row of PPI running hot. So we will, he will likely get endless questions about that. And we will talk about what to expect from the Fed as we wrap up this call. The second one, this one, this one surprised me. I expected retail sales to be light, maybe less than expected, but I didn't expect a negative number. Retail sales declined 1.3%. If you know anything about me and this channel, I follow the consumer. The consumer is who I follow. And right now we keep hearing about the job market getting better. Uh, we hear about record savings, right? 1.6 to 2.6, depending on who you, you know, what article you read. Uh, but to see retail sales down 1.3%, that, that'll catch your attention. That caught my attention. So we're going to have to dig into that see what's going on. Uh, an article came out yesterday that I plan to do a review on or kind of a live on but just never got to it is uh, Jamie Dimon, J.P. Morgan. This, this, ought to, this ought to give you pause. It certainly gave me pause. And that is Jamie Dimon is like, screw it. We are hoarding cash. J.P. Morgan is a bank. Their job is to take savings and lend on it. What J.B. Diamond is saying is, you know what? 
we think the Fed is wrong. We think that um, there will be significantly higher rates or higher rates in the next nine to 12 months. And we are just going to sit on cash. So this, the reason this is interesting, at least it is to me, is Jamie Dimon is saying inflation is here, inflation is real, and I'm going to sit on cash. Generally speaking, that does not go together, right? If you think inflation is real, you almost want to get rid of your cash. But this is where it makes Jamie Dimon unique. This is what makes JP Morgan and Chase Kind of like the bank to watch. Because remember, we talked a year ago during the crisis, JP Morgan was the first bank to get tight. They didn't know what was going on, so they got tight. They're very conservative. So Jamie Dimon is like, you know what? We are going to hoard cash because we expect higher rates to go or rates to go up. And what Jamie Dimon is telling us without telling us is he expects higher rates to impact companies who are zombie companies that have too much debt. Too many folks have taken out cheap debt, and if rates rise, that is going to hurt them. So they expect to get better rates ahead. So they're going to stockpile cash today for better investments tomorrow, which is really interesting. Again, a lot of people think cash and inflation, and you don't want it. But here, he is clearly saying cash is not trash. He is out there going, you know what? We see better days ahead. We will we will suffer early pain. And this is actually why I think the reverse repo market is a lot of whack. If we are if if they are expecting higher rates and they just push their cash to the overnight lending market, that's why it's disproportionately high. Remember, I think it was Thursday. It might have actually been Saturday. We talked about this. It's like, why is this number so high? It's unusual. We figure out what's going on. Well, JP Morgan told us again without telling us. They're like, we have too much cash. We got $500 billion and growing of cash, and we are not buying government debt. That'll get your attention. So what do we do as real estate investors? Well, I think the answer is pretty clear, especially if you are under, if you have less than four or less than 10, I think your job is to go get cash cash flow positive properties with yields above your interest rate because what Jamie Dimon is telling us is he expect rates to go up in the future again he's thinking 2022 so we have a 6 to 9 to 12 month runway to get 30 year fixed rate debt do yourself a favor don't get variable debt not in an environment where Jamie Dimon's like I'll invest later and get better deals make sure it cash flows make sure you can hold uh, but that's what I think uh, Jamie Dimon is saying. Next up, we have the lumber market. The lumber market has clearly rolled over. Let's give you some numbers. During the last housing bubble, so think 06, 07, the average cost during that period of what they call a board feat, that is just what lumber is quoted in on the futures market, was about $500 a board foot. What we had on May 7th appears to be the peak, at least currently, uh, it was just over $1,600, or yes, a 300% increase. We've talked about it a bunch. Builders stopped. Uh, remodel projects stopped. It just got too ungodly expensive. But lo and behold, not, let's call it four weeks later, four weeks later, lumber has clearly cracked 
It is now trading as of this morning under a thousand. So no longer is it 16, it's under a thousand, and the trend line is clearly down. I truthfully don't expect it to get all the way down to 500, but it could see 600, 650, 700, and we will be off to the races. That will be that will be what builders expect. Again, they have pricing power and things of that nature. So when you think lumber, you got to give Jerome Powell credit. That is clearly transitory, right? There was a a flood of demand. The system wasn't ready. The mills and the all these people in the lumber pipeline got going. Now they are cranking out. And you know what? There's lumber building up at the old local home uh, uh, Home Depot and Lowe's stores. So prices go up, demand falls, supply builds, prices come down. It's the general business cycle. So you got to give Jerome Powell, at least on the lumber front, yeah, that, uh, that certainly felt transitory to me, and I think it's going in the right direction. Next up, we got good old Michael Saylor from MicroStrategies. When does their board of directors... They have to make a choice at some point. Either they're a comp they I think they just need to go private. I think MicroStrategies needs to go private. That way Michael Saylor can do what he wants. But as a public company, they have a fiduciary duty. And at some point, are they just a Bitcoin bank or holder or whatever? He's out there after raising five hundred billion to buy more Bitcoin, he's now gonna sell stock to buy another one billion shares. I said five hundred billion, I meant five hundred million, sorry. I said that wrong. Uh, but yes, he is uh, he is hungry for more Bitcoin. It's uh, I get it. I know what he's doing. I think he is uh, entertaining to listen to. Uh, but he's supposed to be the CEO of MicroStrategy, not the CEO of Bitcoin. I don't know what's going on. But anyways, so what to expect from the Fed? I got a couple of notes uh, that I'm thinking about. First is, are they going to indicate that they're thinking about thinking about bond uh, tightening. So that's going to be the first step. That's the first step that ultimately ends in raising rates. Um, you know, again, I think raising rates are next year. Greg Dickerson actually thinks it's this year. We put a friendly wager of a dollar on it. Uh, so we will see. But again, I think the first step in removing the Fed from quantitative easing and this very dovish stance is talking about talking about People think it's, generally speaking, going to be at the August meeting. I think he's going to be forced to acknowledge it probably during the Q&A, but we shall see. Uh, you will also see forecasts now through the summer of 2023, right? What is the Fed thinking for GDP, unemployment, things of that nature, interest rates or Fed, Fed rates? Uh, we're going to see right now if the Fed and their dot plot actually talks about raising rates in 2023. It is going to be, that's going to be interesting because at the last meeting, there was division for the first time. I think it was 11 to 7, right? 11 folks said no and 7 said yes. It will be interesting if that becomes skewed to, yes, you know what? We may need to raise in 2023. Uh, it is clear that the Fed has been ultra dovish for the last year to 15 months. Do they start to do the hawkish, which means tightening, um, Fed presidents start to squawk more? Uh, it'll be interesting if it's this meeting or later in this year. And then the big one for me is will the Fed acknowledge that inflation will be higher in 2021 than they expected? 
That's a big one for me. Because you can still call transitory in 2021. You just need to acknowledge it. And I think as we talked about earlier, lumber is a great example. And then the last one for me, the Fed statement, not interesting. But I suspect Jerome Powell is going to get grilled during the Q&A session. I expect him to be asked the same question 17 times. What about inflation? What about inflation? What about inflation? And I suspect, I know if it was me, I would eventually get frustrated and probably say something that um, I would rather not say. Uh, but again, Jerome Powell is going to come into this. He's very polished. I'm sure he's going to be uh, much more polished than I would be. But yeah, it is going to be uh, interesting to watch. And then for those of you calling bubble, right? I did a uh, reaction video yesterday to uh, you know a channel that was calling for a real estate crash has started. Uh, I found some articles about the housing bubble around the world. And uh, the U.S. isn't on the list, at least not in the top three. The top three real estate markets that economists think are bubbles. You ready? New Zealand, Canada, and Sweden. When I looked at this list and I tried to find it before I started this call is I'm wondering if those areas have 30-year debt. I'm pretty sure after talking to folks in Canada um, for my course and books and all of that, I don't believe Canada has 30-year fixed rate debt. So if we are into a rising interest environment and housing prices have run ahead, that will cause the affordability problem at reset times. That could be a problem. So I don't know about New Zealand or Sweden, but again, if you have 30-year fixed rate debt, you know, some of you are getting below 3%, you're golden, especially if inflation is at 5 or 6%. That's that's like free money. Inflation's at five and your rate's at three. That's a good day, right? Get, get all the debt you can in that environment, assuming it cash flows, assuming it cash flows. To that end, uh, we do have AT&T coming to my house uh, today at noon. Hopefully we can clean up the network and we can do more and more shows from the computer. Uh, I will do a reaction video. All of, I, I must have gotten this request 12 or 15 times yesterday. Uh, there was a video uh, out talking about California is destroying the U.S. housing market. I've watched the video. I've taken a full page of notes. Uh, so I will do a reaction video on that. Uh, I will tell you that the uh, thumbnail and the title, well, the thumbnail is, the guy on does this, thumbnails are on point. Kudos to you. I think the title is interesting, uh, but uh, I will leave my thoughts on the video for my reaction video. I will hopefully do later in the day. And of course, we have two experts today. We will pray uh, that my home network stays up. We got uh, the Lumberjack Landlord at 8 and Omar, the Real Estate Entrepreneur at 9. So have a wonderful day, everyone. Take care of yourself. Be good. Bye.